I'd love to talk about Matt Canada. I welcome talking about the future of Devin Bush and other players who are right on the precipice. And I, I, I'm not there. I'm not ready to let this go yet. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. What I'm not ready to let go of is that trajectory that was experienced at the end of the 2022 season. Winning four in a row, winning six of seven, winning seven of nine after the two and six start, winning way more often than they lost with Kenny Pickett as the rookie quarterback, with George Pickens getting, well, nowhere near the targets he should be, but certainly more than he had been early on. And also winning, 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 winning. Yeah, difference in caliber of competition. The schedule got infinitely lighter in the second half. I, I really don't care. When you're two and six and you've just changed quarterbacks and you've got a lobotomized coordinator and an offensive line that's still working itself out, if you found a way to win in that second half without just throwing all the young guys out to pasture and saying, listen, we're just going to put a bunch of veterans in and we're going to make this work out just to try to build up some credibility to our record or, you know, extend the non-streak of Mike Tomlin's, then you'd have achieved next to nothing. It wouldn't have been nothing, but next to nothing. You would have maintained to some extent the Steelers brand, the toughness, the resilience, but you'd have done it with the biggest of asterisks because you'd have achieved so very little toward improving the team toward 2023. And that was always going to matter more than anything else in an obvious transition year. And the way this team did it, by riding those kids, by riding them out whenever they would struggle, by sticking by them, by supporting them, and then eventually for that script to flip into the other direction where you saw the Steelers leaning on Kenny Pickett, on Najee Harris, on George Pickens to win them games. When you saw them forming their identity off of that young slash inexperienced slash incohesive offensive line, you saw the payback. You saw the beginning of the next chapter of this team. And you also saw them smiling and feeling good about themselves. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. Not all of the reaction to my talking about this back when the Steelers were 2-6 and six or 3-7 and seven, was all that well received. 
But I really believed it. I believed that, A, this team was going to make something out of this schedule. I just hoped, again, that it'd be the right thing. That it'd be built on Kenny, on Najee, on George, on Kevin Dotson. And that those guys, individually and collectively, would feel good about themselves. And that they'd feel good about themselves with cause because they believed that they were the better football team, that they believed that they not only could, but should win any game in which they participated by doing this, by winning at the rate that I already ran through here, what they brought back or depending on your perspective, never allowed to fully die off was that swagger was that swagger associated with being the Steelers that feeling that when you enter a stadium to an extent because you're the Steelers you have a perceived upper hand meaning perceived by the opponent and you can roll your eyes at that if you choose because You know and I know that these things are tough and that they're won and lost on the football field. But you also will recall that even when the Steelers were losing and losing regularly and had that four-game losing streak early on, the other side would still speak of facing the Steelers. Yeah, but it's still the Steelers. And these guys, by having the finish that they had, get to skip past that step as they prepare for 2023. They don't have to rebuild um, the brand. They don't have to rebuild the brand, not for anybody else and not for themselves. They're the Steelers. This was some of what Alex Highsmith had to say on that subject yesterday on the South Side. And I think it's just so important to carry that momentum into next year. You know, we got a, a good core, core group of young guys. You know, just I love seeing how Kenny and the offense just started to, to, to gel towards the end of the year. Just seeing his growth and what type of leader he is, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for him um, you know, to be our quarterback going into, going into the future for us. And, um, he's, he's such a competitor. I can tell that coming into um, – you know, into training camp, just how much of a competitor he was, just we thought we could keep going and get better. And so, um, just so I know they'll continue to get better um, overall. And just, you know, us as a defense, you know, I felt like we were playing some of our best ball at the end of the year. Um, and so, just you know, creating more turnovers and getting more sacks and stuff. And so, um, and just, you know, I think we'll be able to build on the goal to next year. Yeah, a lot of it's about Kenny. They can't mention this without mentioning Kenny. Uh, a lot of it is about Najee. Uh, I can tell you that both on and off the field, and the command that he took of that offensive group, uh, especially at the bye week and following the bye week. If it feels like I'm just talking about some, you know, floaty, out there, intangible, uh, maybe I am, but it matters. It matters. Every last one of these guys, especially those who have signed contracts for next season, leave here feeling better about themselves, about this team. When we come back, J1Q.
portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. They are the one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Lamarck, who says, DK, you've never answered any of my questions for three years. Please, please, please answer this one. How do you think Charlie Batch would do as ROC? I know we promote from within, but what better guy than a guy who sat behind the guy? Or am I just pipe dreaming? Well, first off, Lamarck, congrats on breaking through the J1Q barrier. We do get a lot of entries uh, every day on a lot of different platforms. For anyone who doesn't know how to send one, the answer to that question is yes, you can send it to me any which way you know how to contact me, whether it's on our website, DK Pittsburgh Sports, that's your best bet, but also YouTube, email, whatever, Twitter, I don't care, just send them my way. One thing I've tried consciously to never do in my dealings with readers, and this goes back through my entire career, beginning at the Post-Gazette, continuing at the Trib, and now with my own media company, is to even come across as if I'm condescending to anyone. If you cover sports for a living and you're inside and you're talking to people who make these things happen, by extension, you're going to know more than the common fan. I mean, it's just the same would be true in the reverse. If I was doing whatever it is that you do and you were doing what I was doing, you'd know more about that subject. But I'll always go out of my way to make sure that it doesn't sound like I'm talking to you from Mount Olympus and flicking pistachio shells on the masses or anything like that. So please, as I say what I'm about to say, take it in the right spirit. Fans will always name former players for proposed coaching roles. Fans will always do this. Why? Because they don't know who the up-and-coming coaches are, almost all of whom are not prominent former players. But because they saw something in the player that they respected or appreciated, they think, oh, just make him a coach, as if there's nothing to that. I've been witness in covering the Steelers for 25 years now to former players, prominent former players, coming into the coaching ranks and finding out that it's infinitely more work than even they would have imagined because they were dealing with their coaches on the player level. And it is different. I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Carnell Lake is the one that jumps to mind. Carnell Lake is heady a player as you could have ever wanted in your secondary. Just a Really, really, really smart human 
let alone a smart football player. And Carnell came in, and he had to work his way up through the Steelers' ranks, same way Jerry Olsavsky did. And they'd have to start out low on the totem pole because they needed to find out what does a defensive assistant do? How do you draw up a plan? How do you actually execute this? The Jeff Saturday stories are a one in a million for a reason, because that's not how it works. There's cause for someone like Bill Cower to basically freak out the way he did on national television when Jim Irsay made the idiotic move to hire Saturday as his head coach with absolutely no coaching experience of any kind, because it cannot work. And there is a real fraternity of people who do put in the time, the effort, the studying, the background details that are involved in becoming, it's not just a matter of, oh, I put in my time or my dues or anything. No, you actually have to know these things in order to climb up to the next level. And you can go from someone who's a defensive assistant and you can do a lot of grunt work the way Lake and Olsavsky and others have done. But then you work your way into becoming a positional coach. You become a coordinator. You become a head coach in the rarest of examples. But you don't skip steps. You just can't do it in football. It's too intricate. It's the most orchestrated team sport, I would argue, on the planet. It's the one that relies the most on scripting, instruction, practice, repetition, and ultimately execution than any competition anywhere. So if that's my long-winded way of answering why I wouldn't just walk over to Charlie's place in Munhall and knock on the door and say, hey, Chuck, you free this weekend? Because Charlie would tell you the same thing. Charlie would feel as strongly about it as what I'm expressing right now. So when you think about who it is that you want as a coach or a coordinator or whatever, base it not at all on who that player was or what that player represented because it really doesn't matter. It's two completely separate, distinct, and challenging vocations. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone who listens to Daily Shot of Steelers, including, by the way, Charlie. Shout out to Charlie, a regular listener. Thank you.